All right. Are you guys enjoying studying the book of Proverbs so far? Yes. Yes. Good. Thank you, five of you. (laughs) As always, when I teach through a book like this, um, I learn a lot myself just studying to teach it. But um, turn in your Bible if you have one. I really hope you brought one. Miss Helen's already taking notes. I didn't start teaching yet. She's squared away. Go to 1 Corinthians 124. 1 Corinthians 124. And uh, when you're there, read, if you're a good, loud reader, read tw- verses 24 to 30. 1 Corinthians 24 to 30. While everyone's going there, what is the one word we summarize the book of Proverbs is all about? Wisdom. Wisdom. What's the Hebrew word for that word? Chokmah. Chokmah. It's like a, a lugi in the beginning of it, and then a lugi in the middle of it. Chokmah. Chokmah. Okay? And that means wisdom and discernment. Yeah. Did you say 1 Corinthians 1? 1 Corinthians 1, 24. Okay. You got it? You want to read yeah. it? Real, read to verse 30. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Okay, go back to verse 24. What does, it, what does Paul call Yeshua? He is, that he is the wisdom of God. He calls Yeshua the wisdom of God. What is the book of Proverbs all about? Wisdom. Wisdom, chokmah. So naturally, we should be able to see Yeshua in the book of Proverbs, right? If he is the wisdom of God and Proverbs is all about wisdom. Go with me to Mark 6, 1 through 2. Mark 6, 1 through 2. And if you get there, just read it really loud. Just a yell it out. Mark 6, 1 through 2. Real loud. Okay. Jesus, went, Jesus went on from there and came to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. Where did, you, where did this man get these ideas, they asked? What is, what is this wisdom he has been given? And how can he perform such miracles? Is it this the is it this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Joseph, yeah, Judah and Simon, aren't his sisters here with us as well? And they looked looked offense at him. Okay, let's offense. pause there. What does it say Yeshua has been given? Wisdom, and the people were marveled by his wisdom. Go to Colossians 2 3. Colossians 2 3. Colossians 2 3. When you get there, read it real loud. In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In whom, in whom are hid 
Who is Paul talking about there? The Messiah, yeah. In him are hid what? All all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Wow. Go to Matthew eleven nineteen now. Matthew eleven nineteen. Matthew eleven nineteen. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a man gluttonous and a wine giver, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children. Cool. Wisdom is justified of her children. So the theme of all those verses is that Yeshua is the wisdom of God. Yeshua was given wisdom from God. Wisdom doesn't look like the world thinks it looks at. That's the theme of all those verses. But let's dig into Proverbs a little bit and see if we can find some Proverbs that connect us more concretely back to Yeshua. Go to Proverbs 18.24. Proverbs 18.24, and then somebody read it real loud. Proverbs 18.24, you got it? Go ahead, real loud. The poor man uses entreaties, but the rich answers roughly. A man with his friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. A friend that sticks closer than a brother. Now, let's see if we can find anywhere in the New Testament where Yeshua invokes this concept. That a friend sticks closer than a brother. Go to John 15, 14. John 15, 14. John 15, 14. We're going to read two verses there. Okay. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, no longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not understand what his master is doing. But I have called you friends because everything I have learned from my Father I have made known to you. So what does Yeshua call His disciples? They're His friends, yeah. And He's made us His friend as well. Go to Matthew 28.20. Matthew 28.20. It's up here on the board. Matthew So Yeshua invokes this concept that He is our brother and He is with us, right? So there Yeshua is in Proverbs 18.24, that He is like a brother that sticks closer, or fr- uh, yeah, brother sticks closer than a friend. Let's talk about another way that we can tie Yeshua back to the book of Proverbs. And look at Proverbs 8.22. Proverbs 8.22. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of His way before His works were Keep going to verse... Um, read to verse 31, if you don't mind. I was set up from everlasting from the beginning, for even the earth was, when there were no depths, I was brought forth when there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of death. When he established the clouds above. When he strengthened the fountains of the deep. When he gave to the sea his decree that the waters should not pass his commandment. When he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by him, 
as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. Do you hear the language there? It almost sounds like something out of the book of like Matthew or something, doesn't it? Sounds like Yeshua himself is talking, doesn't it? And it talks about, it's, it's wisdom that's talking there in the book of Proverbs. But it's talking about wisdom was there and delighted in creation. Wisdom was eternally pre-existing. Let's see if we can find Yeshua invoking that same concept. Um, go to John 1. 1 through 18. John 1, 1 through 18. And if you've read, you're frozen. I want different readers now. I want to get more participation. Read it nice and loud. John 1, 1 through 18. Anthony, you got it? Go ahead. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through Him, and apart from Him, nothing was made that has come into being. In Him was light, and life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, the darkness has not overpowered it. There came a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that through him everyone might believe. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness concerning the light. The true light, coming into the world, gives light to every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, but the world did not know him. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. But whoever did receive him, those trusting in his name, to these he gave the right to become children of God. Yeah, we can stop there. So basically, Yeshua says, John, John is saying Yeshua is the word of God and that he pre-existed creation and that he is God and that when he came into the world, the world thought him foolish. Does this sound familiar? So go with me to Colossians 1.15 now. Colossians 1.15. Brian, you got it? Yeah. Go ahead. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. He is the firstborn of all creation. He's the image of the invisible God. Okay, go with me to Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. Adrian, you got it? No? Yeah, but I want to pick up somebody else. Go, Mike. In days gone by, God spoke in many and varied ways to the fathers through the prophets. But now, in Akari Ayami, in the days, He was spoken to. He has spoken to us through His Son, to whom He has given ownership of everything, and through whom He created the universe. This Son is the radiance of the glory, the very expression of God's essence, upholding all that exists by His powerful word. Yeah, and after he had, through himself, made purification for sins and sat down at the right hand of God. So here we have language about him being pre-existing and eternal and there at creation, just like wisdom said that she was there at creation as well. So we got Yeshua is invoking the concept of a brother. Yeshua is invoking the concept of the eternal nature of wisdom. And then let's go to Proverbs 23.11. Proverbs 23.11. Somebody read it real loud when they get there. Proverbs their 20. Redeemer is strong. He will plead their cause against you. Read it again. For their Redeemer is strong. He will plead their cause against you. 
For the Redeemer is strong. Does anybody have a different translation? What do you have, Suzanne? Their Redeemer is mighty. He shall plead their cause with them. He shall plead their cause. What do you have, Marvin? Uh, For their defender is strong. He will take up their case against you. For their defender is strong. Yeah, those are pretty much all right. Um, Let's see if Yeshua ever invokes that. The defender of the oppressed. Go with me to um, Luke 4, 16. Luke 4, 16. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom... Read to 29. He entered into the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and he opened the book and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery uh, of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, Today, the scripture has been fulfilled your hearing. Okay, let's pause there. Um, Yeshua reads from Isaiah talking about a redeemer who will liberate the oppressed, defend people, proclaim a year of favor, just like in Proverbs it says that wisdom is like a redeemer that takes up the people's case and is a defender and liberator. So there we have Yeshua saying he's like a brother, he's eternal. And he's a defender and liberator, just like the book of Proverbs says that wisdom is, all those things. Let's talk about Proverbs 30, verse 4 now. Go to Proverbs 30, verse 4. Proverbs 30, verse 4. Stephanie, you got it? So here, uh, let me write this real fast. Here the proverb is saying, what is his name and what is his son's name? That's weird language, right? It's saying that the creator has a name and that his son has a name. And it says, surely you know it. And uh, it talks about the fact that Yeshua is the son. Go with me to Matthew 16. Verses 15 to 16. Matthew 16. Verses 15 to 16. You got it, Brian? Go. Simon Peter replied, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Yeshua answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barabbas, and blessed are you, and blessed are you. So in this story, remember, Peter comes up so Yeshua, and Yeshua says, what do, what do people say that I am? Who do people say that I am? And he says, some say you're John the Baptist. Others say you're this, you're a prophet. And he goes, but I believe that you are the son of the living God. And then he says, blessed are you, right? So there we have Yeshua invoking this, uh, this claim in the book of Proverbs, this prophetic cryptic verse in the book of Proverbs that basically says, 
who, who is, what is his name and what is his son's name? Surely you know. And Yeshua is basically answering that question for us right there. So one of the last ways that Yeshua is connected to the book of Proverbs is that the book of Proverbs, you could view it as the writer is basically putting a choice between the readers and saying, here's wisdom, here's foolishness. Here's what fools do, here's what wise men do. And giving us all these examples of those different qualities and putting before us a choice, right? And so Yeshua puts before us a choice. And he, he basically puts before us wisdom or folly. Go with me to Romans chapter 1. Romans 1. Romans 1, 22 to 23. Let me read. Yeshua puts forth a choice. Choose the world or choose me. Who has Romans 1, 22 and 23? Go ahead, Eden, real loud. Claiming to be wise, they have become fools. In fact, they have exchanged the glory of the immortal God for mere images. Like immortal human beings, like birds, animals, or reptiles, Can you, did you read the end of verse 23? Was that the end of verse 23? Okay, go with me now to 1 Corinthians 2.6. 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 8. Anybody got it? However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. So you see Paul is picking up on that and saying that you have a choice to make. The wisdom of this world, the wisdom of this age, or the wisdom that is from God. The wisdom that was embodied through Yeshua. It's a choice. And the final connection that I found between Yeshua and the book of Proverbs... Is really, it's really not a connection so much as it's a continuation. And it's basically a promise that we get that says, after I resurrect and leave you, I will provide you with supernatural wisdom like I had. And he says in Luke 21, this is where he says it, I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. Now, go to, go to Acts chapter 6, verse 3, and we're going to see how this plays out. Acts 6, 3. Who has it? Anybody? I got it. Read real loud. Okay. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to, to be to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them, and we will give our attention to prayer and the mystery of the world. The proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, a prochorus. Okay, pause there. So they chose a man called Stephen to oversee the distribution of food to uh, widows and those in need and hungry. And it says that they have to be full of a spirit of wisdom. Okay, now go to verse 10. Acts, in, Acts 6, 10. What does it say? 
but they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, We have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So they stirred up the people and the elders as the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before Sidarim. Uh, they produced false witness who testified. They followed the fellow never the, the fellow never stopped speaking against the holy place and against the law. Okay, let's pause there. If you remember that story in Acts chapter six, um, they're trying to to try to pin Stephen down and get him to basically denounce his faith in Messiah or paint him to be some kind of uh, heretic. They can't do it. It says that they couldn't overcome his wisdom. Okay? So we see the beginning of the fulfillment of what Yeshua said. He said, after I leave, I will give you words and wisdom. Now let's see how it plays out in 2 Peter 3.15. There's a, uh, Peter is going to describe the the life and the ministry of Paul, his contemporary. Go to 2 Peter 3.15. Anybody have it? Josh, you have it? Read it real loud. And account that the long-suffering of Yahuwah is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you. Read the next, read the next verse. All, as also in all his suffering, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable convert, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. So we see there's a contradiction still being developed that Yeshua says, I will give you as my followers wisdom, but it won't be wisdom of this world. And in fact, when the world looks at it, they will dislike that wisdom. They will call it foolishness. And they said, he says that Paul has that wisdom. Stephen has that wisdom. And who else could have that wisdom? Well, we know that. Go to Ephesians 1.17. Ephesians 1.17. Howard's trying to steal my thunder. Ephesians 1.17. I want my readers to... You're frozen if you've read so far. I want a different reader. Ephesians 1.17. Chris, real loud. And the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of holy, will give you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation and the knowledge of so who has access to this wisdom? We do. we do. And how do we get it? Go to James 1.5. James 1.5. You got it, Jason? Read it. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generous to his wall without reproach. And it will be given to him. Yeah, it will be given to you liberally. Some translations say. So, Yeshua is the embodiment of wisdom, chokmah. And he is the liberal giver of that to those who pray for it. So let's circle all the way back around and go to 1 Corinthians 1.24. And let's, let's wrap up with 1 Corinthians 1.24. And I'm, I think I'm going to read this one here. You guys have been such good readers, though. 
First Corinthians one twenty four. It says, "My thing will load here." But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. I got to go to the next verse, Gabe. Suspense. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential, and not many were of noble birth. Verse 27. But... God chose the foolish things of the world. Who is that? Us. Us. To shame the wise. Air quotes there. God chose the weak. What, who is that? Us. Us. To shame the strong of the world. And how do we get that wisdom? We ask for it. We pray for it. Speaking of which, let's pray for wisdom right now. Abba Father, I thank you for Yeshua, who is the embodiment of wisdom. I thank you that you give liberally to those who ask of it. May you give us that supernatural wisdom, not the wisdom of the world, but the wisdom that comes from above. And Father, whatever decisions, whatever situations, arguments, bills, career changes are in front of anyone within the sound of my voice right now, I pray that they would first of all seek your wisdom on that issue. They would dig into your word and they would seek your face in prayer. We thank you so much for this time of study. We thank you for the rain on our land. It was so thirsty. Thank you that you are true to your word where it says that if you celebrate Sukkot, that you will send rain upon our land. We thank you so much for it. In Yeshua's name, amen. amen. So tomorrow night, uh, Adrian Ariana, Friday night will be Mike teaching on Proverbs chapter 3. So guys, I hope you stick around for those folks as well. And then Shabbat, 10.30, right here, well, probably outside, we'll have outdoor worship service, okay? Thank you guys so much for attention. I hope that you were edified and encouraged by it. Have a great night. Thank you. Um, are there any announcements that we need to make for, remember, quiet time at 9.30? Uh, anything else? Nope. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Good night. planning on doing the song. Oh.